the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Hey, the mic's on. It works better. Good afternoon. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. A couple minutes after 4. Thank you for listening in. Forecast calling for uh, kind of a cloudy rest of the afternoon and evening. May get a shower along the way. 60 to low tonight. Beautiful day tomorrow and a high of 79 with a lot of sunshine. Phil's lost 6-3 to Boston yesterday. Reese Hoskins home run number 28, one of the bright spots there at Atlanta tomorrow night. Four and a half games out of that wild card playoff spot, though. 14 to go. Not looking good, but... All I can do is all I can do is just one day at a time. See if things turn around. Eagles, tough loss last night, 24-20 to Atlanta. Monday night football tonight, Cleveland at the Jets at 8-15. And if you happen to be a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is going to be out for the year. He was hurt in the second quarter yesterday. It turns out he's going to need surgery. That's going to take him out of the entire season. And a smaller version of that, Saints quarterback Drew Brees also got hurt yesterday. He's probably going to need some surgery and be out a month and a half or more. Not easy getting old, Joe, is it? It's not easy when you get tell me about it. Three hundred pound linemen tackling you. Not that we would know that, but I can only imagine being yeah. out there and watching these huge dudes right. coming after you like, and they're fast. They're not like uh, yeah. lumbering along. I know. I one of the ways I broke one of my collarbones was the first play of a, a football game. The ball was in the air. It started snowing, and I was the one that was it was coming to and. Vincent Walls, if you're listening. You've forgiven him, I'm sure. Well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we both got to the ball at the same time. He was the kicker. And uh, it was the first play. And luckily, I was right across the street from Lincoln All Hospital. Well, that's it. You know, all's well that ends well. <laughs> Happy ending. They probably gave us some hospital food to enjoy. Oh, it was great. Yeah, some pudding. and. I can't imagine, though, a 300-pound guy. Yeah, day. let alone several of them. <laughs> yeah. All at once. Really think about being under a half a ton of... Yeah. Of humanity. Oh. <laughs> so, I don't think I want to. No. Well, in any, for good for us, we get to be here sipping our coffee and not having to worry about those things. We have other problems and challenges, but <laughs> but getting hit by a lineman's not one of them. Uh, this hour, we're excited to bring on board in just a moment or two Buster Sories. He's a, a long time, uh, a lot of everything. He's been a pastor. He's been a speaker. If you've been at the Creation Festival, he is an author. Uh, the brand new book is called Say Yes When Life Says No. And we have copies to hand out, which I always like doing. We'll give stuff out. So let's keep it simple. We have several copies of Buster Stories' new book, when uh, Say Yes When Life Says No, to hand out. So here's our text line. We'll do it that way. Just send your name and address to 610-500-DOVE. That's our text line, 610 500 3683 Whenever you get to, sometime this hour... And we will draw several winners. We may even kind of draw them along the way. But get yourself in the mix. We have several copies to, to uh, hand out. So you have a shot to win. You know, more than just the one. And we hope to pick your name out. 
Fair enough. Again, it's 610-500-3683. And uh, we will take much delight in mailing you a, a book if you happen to win. We just need your address to so make it easy on us by putting your address, including your zip code in there. So it's a one-stop shop thing. We can text you back, say congratulations, and then mail it out to you tomorrow. In the meantime, we now bring on board Dr. DeForest Buster Soares, Jr. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm honored. Sure thing. You know, we get a lot of books that come through and opportunities to interview folks. And when I saw the title of this book and I saw the name on it, I'm thinking, is that the Buster Soares, I think? I remember seeing you speak uh, at different events. I, I'm thinking, were you ever at the Creation Festival, for example? or Every year for about seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So I remember seeing your name around and probably had and in conjunction with music artists, maybe part of events, you know, I know a number of folks that you've had an influence in their lives, like the Winans and Marvin Sapp and things right. like that. So perhaps events with them too. But today we get to have you with the, with the author hat on, at least that's the main hat. So, yeah, actually I, I say a few words about my background in music. Um, I don't talk about it much. It's not in my formal bio, but you know, when you've been blessed to have, worked with very um, significant influencers in the Christian world and have had positions in government and had a thriving ministry in church, uh, it can be quite daunting, which is what this book is about, to be told that you have cancer. And even spiritual leaders at that juncture have some very important decisions to make and some processing to do. So that's what the book is about. That's great. Say yes when life says uh, says no. The preface of the book actually talks about the word yes and how that is important to you. Maybe you could share for a moment why, you know, where that yes comes from and, and how it became part of the title of the book. Yeah, it's very interesting. That preface came late in the writing process. Um, <laughs> the book was, was rather disjointed in that sense. For instance, Chapter 2 came at the after writing Chapter 10. But the preface uh, occurred to me as I was writing... Uh, because I was trying to figure out really where this inspiration for just one word, say yes, came from. And it really did come from my early years uh, visiting my grandmother's church. My grandmother was, was Pentecostal, Church of God in Christ. And in that church, they perfected the art of this uh, praise song. And the praise song literally had one word. It was just yes. Hmm. And I, as I write in the preface, during those days of segregation and deprivation, and literally second-class citizenship to see these um, poor black people be so happy uh, and to punctuate their joy with the word yes, it made an indelible impression on me. And it, it really suggested that there are two ways to respond when life says no, or when challenges occur, or when there's injustice or unfairness. One way is to just become bitter and angry. Uh, the other way is to look for the positive, look for the, the the bright light, you know, look for hope, hold on by faith to um, what God has given you instead of holding on by anger, what perhaps has been deprived of you, and just say yes. So that's where the say yes came from. And how about the other little uh, big word, so to speak, big little word, I should say, the the no (laughs) in there. Because no can actually be a good thing, right? So you know, don't touch the stove. Why? Ah, you know, so <laughs> because yeah. I said no. But that's not how you mean it here. Talk about just no takes different no. meanings. Well, what, Tim, one of the um, developments in Western Christianity that has really disturbed me 
in recent years has been the emergence of the so-called prosperity movement. Yeah. Uh, because I see a lot of people getting hurt. They, they accept the gospel of Christ. They receive Christ as Savior. And they bought into this notion that once that happens, everything's going to be smooth. You know, every opportunity is going to be available. And, and life will never say no. And it's just so non-scriptural in a sense that, you know, Jesus said in John 16, 33, to his disciples, look, in this world you will have trouble. But I've, I've overcome the world. In other words, you will have trouble. That's the no. But, but Christ offers us a yes. So I've had this passion to help people sort through the reality of having been told no. I mean, who could have been a more effective spokesman for the kingdom than the Apostle Paul? And he said himself that he prayed three times to have it thorn removed from his flesh, and God said no. But what God said was, but my grace is sufficient. You have what you need, even though I'm not giving you what you want. And and so I looked at my own life. I, I had to assess my options when I was told I had cancer, starting with the reality that the word cancer really becomes tantamount to death in many of our minds. And the ability to say yes was really inspired by this man that Jesus healed, who had been blind all of his life. And while I went to that text in John chapter 9 to be inspired by the reminder that Jesus could heal me, uh, I was uh, unexpectedly inspired and motivated by this blind man who had every excuse in the world to give up, not just because he was blind, but because of all of the things that happened in John chapter 9. But he ended up receiving what God had for him because he had, in fact, said a series of guesses to a series of no's, and that's what I outlined in the book. Dr. DeForest Buster Stories Jr. is our guest. The book we're chatting about is called Say Yes When Life Says No. If you'd like to win a copy, send me a quick text to 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. Just need your name and address, including your zip, and we'll draw out several winners throughout the hour to uh, take home that book, so to speak. Looking forward to continuing our conversation with Buster Stories in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL and WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's 4.15 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com, as we're chatting with Buster Stories and his new book, Say Yes When Life Says No. Quick reminder, if you want to win a copy, send a quick text this hour. We'll make a few winners along the way. The text for our show is 610-500-DOVE. 610-500-3683. Just put your uh, you know, first and last name and your address in there so we can mail it out. If, we win, if you win, uh, put the zip code in there, too, if you would. As we continue our conversation, I thought it might be helpful because so much of the book is revolving around the blind man in John chapter 9, the Gospel of John, to read it. So... Uh, just from the beginning of the, uh, the uh, verse 1, it says, As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, Jesus spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. 
Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they demanded. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This is not a man from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can such a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. The Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can now see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ will be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, He is of age, ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. The blind man, formerly blind man, replied, Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and said, What, are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. That's John chapter 9, as you're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com, and very much part of our conversation today, 
For those just tuning in, we're chatting with Buster Soares, the author of the brand new book, Say Yes When Life Says No. Uh, and you mentioned the blind man actually woven throughout the whole book. So it's not just a chapter. And then, then you start talking about other things without leaving, you know, leaving him behind. He's, he's right in, in all the different chapters. And you talked about life had said no to him from birth. Uh, you know, so some of us, the problems come at some point, but right from the get go, uh, that's how he, that's how he was. But part of his story in John chapter nine was the fact that he was, as you put in the chapter there, he's positioned for healing. He got up and he went outside, you know, he didn't just stay in in the house, uh, for example. Yeah, that was the most striking thing. In fact, when, when you, when you look at the book, you may wonder why chapter one is so long. I mean, chapter one is almost as long as three or four chapters. I was so struck just by the very first fact in this chapter that Jesus was walking along with his disciples, and he looks over and he sees a guy who was blind all of his life. Now, I don't know, I don't know why, but, but for the first time after I had cancer, this really struck me because when you have a problem of that magnitude, the temptation is to not go outside or not be around people or not share the news. I know when I was told I had cancer, I was tempted to not even tell my wife right away. I just didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk to people. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to announce it. I mean, I, I, was, I was startled. I was stuck. And I was tempted to just kind of shut myself in the privacy of my own condition. And then I see Jesus seeing this guy who was in all of his life, put every excuse in my mind that he needed to just stay in the house. Why go outside and face the humiliation of people from whom he was going to try to beg? Why, why get up and go anywhere? Why not just stay where you are? But, but he had the courage. He had the insight. He had the audacity to get up that morning and essentially say, look, I'm blind, but I'm only blind. I can walk. I can talk. I can dress. I can go my hair. I can brush my teeth, which, which inspired me to think in terms of going beyond that diagnosis, going beyond my physical condition and connecting with people, sharing the news with my wife and family. I made the announcement in church, and much to my surprise, men that I had known for years surrounded me and hugged me and prayed with me and shared with me that they had had prostate cancer, and I would have never received the blessing that they brought to my life had I just stayed to myself and locked myself in my bedroom, uh, kind of drowning, as I described in the book, in, in, my, in my own pain. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, that, that was huge. The well, fact that the man was outside and Jesus saw him, had he not gone outside, he would have never received the healing. You know, it's interesting as you talk about that, the, the notion of it's simpler to just keep it to yourself rather than have to exhaust the emotional energy even just to explain it over and over to people. It's interesting because right. in John 9... You know, the blind man, I guess, is uh, people are talking about him like he he knows already, <laughs> like he he's a topic of conversation. And like you said, if he's just easier to stay home and, and pull your shades down, at least you don't have to hear people talking about you. But he went out anyway. Yeah. And that I, I promise you, when you read when you read the book, I think chapter one is about 54 pages long. And and as I as I stepped back after the book was published and looked at it, I said, oh, my goodness, I mean, people are going to think this is weird. But the reality is, chapter 1 is about verse 1, and if you only read verse 1 and pray about verse 1 and understand the significance of verse 1 in John chapter 9, it's life-changing. It was life-changing for me because although I'm a public person, I'm a private person. 
And and I know it sounds kind of contradictory, but when you spend as much time as I do speaking in public and and um, preaching in public, when when you're alone, you like being alone. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. so my life has been one of of trying to develop personally, but somewhat privately. My wife can tell you I don't I don't do a lot of socializing. You know, I don't go out to parties. I don't go to wedding receptions, you know, and I've been that way all of my adult life. I'm focused on my work and I spend time with my family, but I'm not a social butterfly. Yeah. Um, and when, when I have a challenge, I have a tendency to, to become even more private because I've got to work through my options and figure out what God wants me to do. So this was yeah. a very new experience for me, having the most significant challenge I've ever had in life and to be as public about it as I was. And because of that experience, Tim, when I I wrote the book, what you probably found in the book were some stories about other aspects of my life that I really don't talk about much. I don't talk about my sixth-grade teacher, for instance, telling me I'd never finish high school, and if I did, I'd end up in jail. I don't talk about being kidnapped at good point when I was 19 for leading the anti-drug campaign. I, I mean, I just have not talked about those things, but... But as I thought about my commitment to share, I decided that God needed me to share more than just the cancer diagnosis, because the point is to help people identify with the no's that have occurred in my life as I identified with the no's that occurred in this blind man's life to enable and equip people to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to give them the power they need to get past their barriers and their no's. Buster Stories is our guest, author of the new book, Say Yes When Life Says No. Congratulations to Carmen in Sewell, New Jersey, our first winners. We have several copies to hand out throughout the hour. If you'd like to win a copy, just shoot me a quick text with your name and address, including the zip, to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. We have a couple more winners to make before the hour is done, so get your name in the hat. Again, at 610-500-3683. Mailing address, including zip, is all we need for that. Quick break. We'll continue our conversation with Buster Stories and Tim DeMoss Show. It's AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. Coming up on 430, it's Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for listening in. Forecast calling for a cloudy rest of the afternoon and evening. Low down to 60. Sunny tomorrow, beautiful high 79. Phil's lost 6-3 to Boston yesterday. Reese Hoskins, home run number 28 in the loss. They're at Atlanta tomorrow night. Four and a half games out of that wild card spot with 14 to go. Eagles lost 24-20 to Atlanta last night. Cleveland at the Jets at 8-15 this evening in Monday Night Football. Also a couple of star quarterbacks injured yesterday. The Steelers' Ben Roethlisberger going to be out for the year. And New Orleans quarterback Drew Brees looks like he's going to be out six weeks or more. Uh, As we continue our conversation today, you are welcome to call in and win a copy of Say Yes When Life Says No. uh, Or or texting, I should say. 610-500-DOVE is the number. 610-500-3683. Just need your first and last name and your mailing address with your zip code. So if we draw your entry out, we'll know where to mail it. Again, our guest, uh, Dr. Uh, DeForest Buster Soares Jr. The book is called Say Yes When Life Says No. We're chatting with Buster Soares Jr. who's uh, worn many hats over the years. The Lord's used him in many different ways as pastor, community leader, author. And uh, and uh, with this book, that first chapter, as you said, it's, it's the largest by far. And, and then you go through 
and and kind of break it down into different categories and the no of being lonely or being judged or being in the wrong pool or whatever it might be. So maybe we could, yeah. we could pick one of those that, that comes to mind for you in a second. But before we're leaving this first chapter area, talk a little bit more about Mr. Blyman. What impressed you as you thought about it, as you wrote? And, and along with that, how much of John chapter 9, like when you found out you had cancer, did John chapter 9 kind of jump to mind as the book was – like how that formation happened? Because I, I think when people write, sometimes they're learning as they write perhaps. Um, yeah. It's a process. And how much you kind of already knew – this is this. I need something here. I have a piece of granite to chip away at, but I know where I want to go with it. How much? How how did that factor in too? Yeah, that's good. You know, let let me start there and work my way back. John chapter nine has been a very important chapter of the Bible for me, uh, particularly during the days when I was a full time evangelist. I worked for eight years full time just in youth ministry, and I worked with Presbyterians and Baptists and Pentecostals and Blacks and Whites and kind of the whole spectrum of, of uh, the Christian church, which is, which is very rich. But I also um, encountered the various approaches to Christianity that comes with that kind of diversity, and um, the underlying theme being, you know, we have it right and you guys don't. <laughs> so, so as an evangelist and, and trying to really break things down for young people in, in bite-sized chunks, the reason John chapter 9 became so important to me was because towards the end, when the challenges to the former blind man were asking him about Jesus, right? his response was, listen, I don't know a whole lot of the details about Jesus. Yeah. You know, in modern times, I don't know about the virgin birth. I don't know about the 42 generations. I don't know all the prophecies from Isaiah. Here, here's what the thing I mean. Listen, all I know is this. I woke up this morning, I could not see. Right now, I can see everything. And the person who made that happen was a man named Jesus. His personal testimony trumped all of the theories, the philosophies, the Christology, the physiology, you know, all of the things that we get tripped up over, what Jesus did for me. And what I've tried to lead my church members to understand, and what I've tried to motivate Christians to understand is this your personal relationship with God through Christ and how that has impacted your life is the most powerful witness you have. So don't argue with people over scriptures. Don't get upset over the different interpretations of various aspects of the Bible. Just tell your story because it'll be your testimony that helps people understand the power of God and the, the efficacy of Christ. So that's why John chapter 9 it's when, you know, when he said, look, I, all I know is I was blind and now I see. That, for me, is, is such a powerful description of the gospel in a sentence. So, so that's why John chapter 9 ha- has been so prominent in, in my mind. Then, of course, the gospel of John itself. If I only had one book of the Bible to recommend, I recommend the gospel of John, because John kind of pulls it all together in terms of what we call in theology, the ontological existence of Jesus. I mean, Jesus as God, Jesus as Messiah, Jesus as both time and eternity. So, so the Gospel of John is, is also central to my faith and my ministry. Um, but because I was sick, I was physically sick, and Jesus performed a healing in John, that's what took me to John uh, for, my, for my meditation. I learned, Kim, uh, early in my ministry that I had to separate 
my personal meditation and study time from my personal preparation for preaching time. Hmm. And if I didn't have uh, two different tracks, then I would find myself only studying the Scripture when I was preparing to speak, and that, that would make for strong preaching but weak walk. So I wanted my walk to be as effective as my talk, and John chapter 9 became the focus of my, of my meditation time because I was, while I was still preaching, I needed to be reassured and reminded of the healing power of God. And that's how I think we should, all, we should always be meditating on some aspect of Scripture that relates to our current situation. Folks just tuning in, Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com, Buster Stories is our guest. The new book is called Say Yes When Life Says No. It's funny, you mentioned the book of John, Gospel of John. When I was a teenager, my dad said to me, because uh, I, I went to him, I said, I want to grow more. Like, I'm going to church, I'm a Christian, but what do I do? He says, read through John over and over. That was his advice to me at the time. I was probably 15. And I remember yeah. that really, like what you said, it, in so many ways, it encapsulates so much. And uh, to this day, so much jumps to mind. My mom passed away four years ago. And right going to John, I guess it was 14, where it talks about, I go and prepare a place for you. Right. It really helped right. to just have that have that assurance to know, yeah, mom's okay. Mom, I mean, the Lord's got her. And uh, and we're not just hoping. We we have we know where we're going. And uh, anyway, so to that to that end. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's, it, 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 I think it pulls all together. For instance, John chapter 13. I mean, you, you mentioned to me, having seen me speak at Creation Festival, you know, when you're on a stage, you have to speak into a crowd of 70,000 people. Yeah. It, it can make you feel rather important until you read John 13. <laughs> and Jesus says, okay, if you're that important, then get on your knees and wash somebody's feet. So yeah. the Gospel of John has been real central to, to my walk, to my to my ministry, to my leadership. So when I get to John chapter 9, with a focus on Jesus, the Holy Spirit kind of flips the script and says, well, look look at this blind man. And I'm telling you, the fact that he was outside just blew me away. Blew me away. And yeah. then the fact that he didn't run away when the disciples were kind of different. You know, the disciples were, you know, who sent him? He was his <laughs> right. You know, had that been me, I might have just been like, I don't need this. Well, even the blind man's response, too, is funny. <laughs> He's got a little bit of everyday attitude about him. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, how did he open your eyes? I already told you. <laughs> he didn't want to listen. Right. Well, you want to hear it again, or do you want to become his disciples? He seems like an interesting guy. Like, he's just very raw and honest and uh, just not worried about what people think. So so much so, as you know, I, I stopped calling him the blind I call him Mr. Blind Man because... He just earned my respect in new ways, and <laughs> right. in fact became what I call my spiritual mentor. I began studying him because it, it was it was his decision-making process that not only positioned him to, in fact, ultimately be healed by Jesus, but also that that was instructive for me, and I think was instructive for others. That's why I wrote the book, um, to, to show how instructive this guy really was and and how that's replicable in our lives at various stages of life and on different levels. Buster Stories is our guest. The book's called Say Yes When Life Says No. If you want to win a copy, shoot me a quick text at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just need your name and address, including the zip, and we'll make a couple more winners before the program is done. Again, 610-500-3683. Quick break. 
come back and continue our chat with Buster Stories on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 441, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL, chat with Buster Stories, author of the book, Say Yes. When life says no, if you want to win a copy, shoot me a quick text at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just need your first and last name and your mailing address along with the zip code, and we'll put you in the running for that. One of the things you talk about also is developing the ability to see what others fail to see and how you can get used to just kind of what you know and going with that primarily without really opening up the options. In that that first chapter, I remember you talking about that. Uh, Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. The second thing that happened to me when I looked at this uh, analogy between the me needing healing and my needing healing was that I could not see beyond my cancer. And so now I'm not simply thinking of myself as needing healing from cancer. I, I now understand through the example of this blind man in John chapter 9, I need healing from blindness because his blindness was physical. He physically could not see with his eyes. My blindness was spiritual and emotional um, in that I couldn't see beyond my cancer. And when, you, when, when you're unemployed, for at least for the first few hours after receiving notice, you can't see a future of financial security. When you are divorced, you can't see see having the kind of joy you had when you first got married. But when your child is first arrested um, for doing something that he or she was raised not to do, you can't see. Life has a way of blinding us when life says no. And before we can get to where we, where, where God has for us, we, we have to ask God to expand our faith because faith is the evidence of things not seen. And if we limit ourselves to what we can see, then it means we've not learned how to let God give us the strength to say yes, because we're saying yes to a possibility that we can't see yet. Buster Stories is our guest, uh, pastor, community leader, author, many other things, child of God, first and foremost. Say Yes When Life Says No is the new book. Uh, there were a couple other, as you mentioned, the first chapter is the largest, and there were a couple things in there. One point you brought up I thought was really interesting was about how Jesus— didn't force himself, that, that, that Scripture doesn't have examples where he knocked on a door and says, okay, I'm here to do this, but he does go into people's homes, but he's invited, or he's out and right. about, you know, coming across people, and that, that's fascinating to think about it that way. And just in general with life, like, not that, you know, we know he saves us, but but the opportunity, you know, like, well, go out and meet him, or go out and talk to him, go ask him. Getting back to the Gospel of John we were talking about earlier, I think it's in John 7, where he says, anybody who chooses to do God's will will find out whether my teaching, Jesus speaking, comes from God or whether I speak on my own. It's kind of on, you know, out there doing my own thing. In other words, if you really want to know if Jesus is God, if God's who he says he is, if the faith is true, he'll reveal himself to you. But the question is, do you really want to know? And Rather than arguing and discussing religion and what about the people over there? What about this, that? You, know, you can talk about those things, but ask yourself, do you really want to know? Do you want to go put yourself in position to find out? Because he'll reveal himself to you. And that's that part of you yeah. talk about in the book about stepping out some, right? 
yeah, I, I just absolutely believe that. Um, because God gives us options, God gives us choices, and the fact that we woke up this morning means that God has something He wants us to do or know or someplace to go that we've never, we, we've never experienced before. That's what life is. Uh, God could have uh, snapped God's divine fingers and created everything in just a word, but God allowed the creation process to evolve over six days, which demonstrates a God of process, and every day new realities unfolded. Uh, and then on the seventh day, it was a day of reflection. And so the whole package represents a real model for a lifestyle. And that's what Christianity is. Christianity is more than an event, and it's more than a belief system. It's a lifestyle. And what I've tried to share in the book is that, that there are disruptions to the lifestyle, but there are responses to those disruptions. Yeah, yeah. Dr. DeForest, Buster Soares Jr., our guest, the new book, Say Yes When Life Says No. The junior in your name implies, of course, the senior, and that maybe ties in with the ultimate no, that last chapter in your book. Tell us about your dad and his influence on you. My dad was the best Christian I knew. He was a, um, an educator, a public school educator, and he was bivocational. He was the pastor of a small church in northern New Jersey, and he was very strict. I mean, very strict. Uh, we, we gave him a nickname, Pharaoh, you know, Dad. <laughs> That was tough. It was tough. He, he'd come to school and visit the school when I was in elementary school. He came to my basketball games. My dad was, he was a real active, engaged father. He was the priest and the leader of our home, and um, he was the discipliner. He was the one that made sure we told the line. Hmm. My dad went to the hospital for tests when he was 47 years old the kind of test that you can do without any incisions today. But in those days, you had to be opened up and look inside. And the doctor that administered the anesthesia gave him more anesthesia than his heart could handle. And so the anesthesia induced a heart attack, and he died at 47. Um, he was, my mother was 44. My little sister was eight. And so I became the head of the house as the oldest child. And... Um, left my job, which was based in Chicago, to come back to New Jersey to help my mom raise my sister. But my dad was very focused. Uh, in fact, I had been baptized as a young guy, but I had strayed from the church and the faith. And the night my dad died, when it was my job to write his obituary, I understood that the most important thing he would want said at his funeral was that he had a relationship with God through Christ and that, therefore, he would live forever. And I realized then that although I was going to church, my dad was better off dead than I was alive mm. because he, 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 had a, he had an authentic spiritual lifestyle that had social relevance. I was involved in a social movement that had a kind of a spiritual ring to it, but no real spiritual authenticity. And it was that night that I got on my knees and confessed and received Christ. Um, as my personal savior and not just uh, the source of some of my speeches. Buster Stories is our guest, author of the book Say Yes When Life Says No. Congratulations and high fives to Anthony and Yaden, our most recent winner of the book. We still have one more copy to give away before 5 o'clock. If you want to throw your name in the ring, text me at 610-500-DOVE. I underline the word text 
not call. It's not a call line. Some people try, but it's a text line. 610-500-3683. Just need your name and address, including zip code. So if we draw your name out, we can have it ready to roll and mail out tomorrow morning. Fair enough? I think so. One more time, 610-500-3683. If you'd like to win a copy of Say Yes When Life Says No by Dr. DeForest Buster Soares, who's our guest. We'll continue our chat and wrap things up in just a few minutes here on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. It's 4.51, the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for listening in today, chatting with Buster Stories. The book is called Say Yes When Life Says No. Before the break, you were sharing about your father passing away at an early age. I know one of the things you talked about in your book is how, how prepared your father was and how that, as difficult as it was to lose him, uh, at least he had prepared you to be prepared so that you were able to uh, carry on financially and be uh, you know, plan things ahead. And it's in that last chapter. Um, and also even yeah. the fact that you have the Say Yes to No Debt book, the Financial Freedom book. So it sounds like there's maybe some other things came from that. Well, it did. Um, as Christians, clearly, we're, we're going to die. I'm, I'm doing a kind of digital commentary on First Thessalonians now, where Paul wrote the first writing of the New Testament to people who were a bit challenged because they thought Christ was coming back right away and not ultimately, and so people were discouraged in the early church because their relatives were dying. Uh, and, and death, listen, death comes to Christians and non-Christians alike. So the ultimate no in life, in a sense, is death. I mean, after, after we die, there are no more no's. However, if we prepare for death properly, we can say yes even to the no of death, because in the first instance, we've done everything we could to prepare, to leave a legacy, you know, to handle our estate planning, to have a will, you know, all, all of those basic things to make sure we have insurance. And, but, but then ultimately, through Christ, as you mentioned, uh, when your mom died, Christ promised that he had prepared a place for us, and there is a place for Christians, a place where um, we will never get sick and never die again, where there are no more no's. And so when we say yes to Christ in life, we've actually said no to the no of death. And that's where we end the book. That did not occur to me until, again, I looked at all, all of the circumstantial situations that I wanted to share, but someone could come along and say, yeah, but we're going to die. So, you know, what's it all about? What's mm-hmm. it worth? What's the point? And I think the, the point is that death can be a comma and not a period if we understand how to prepare for death financially yeah. and spiritually, yeah. Yeah, well, it's funny because I think you even bring up in the book the blind man, as, as amazing as his story was, he did go on to die. And just like Lazarus, you know, he was raised from the dead, right. on to die. It's gonna, it is going to eventually that. But like you said, it's not the end uh, if you if you have that right. relationship with God through Christ. So that's great right. stuff. And I think sometimes, Tim, we we shy away from the whole gospel because you mm-hmm. know we don't like to talk about that. We like to talk about blessings. We like to talk about new jobs and new cars and you know good health. But at the end of the day, we are going to die. It is a point that the man wants to die. And that's a part of reality, which means that the gospel has to be big enough to help us confront that reality also. Otherwise, our gospel is too small. 
Buster Stories on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. We've been chatting for a nice long time, and there's plenty more we could talk about. <laughs> but this is a good idea, introduction, so folks can pick up the book, say yes when life says no, and uh, and read through it and be blessed by it. And uh, being a, it's funny because I, I think I hadn't realized that you are fairly local. You had been a Jer- you've been in Jersey most of your life? Yes, sir. Okay. I, I've been local uh, all of your life. Yes. I, did, I worked in <laughs> Chicago for three years, but I commuted back and forth. I was born in Brooklyn, but I escaped early in life and came to New Jersey. Okay. And I've, I've been in and around New Jersey. I was Secretary of State for New Jersey uh, yes. from 99 to 02. So I'm a Jersey guy in that sense, but I have been quite mobile. I've traveled all over the world preaching um, and speaking. So in that sense, I've, I've, I've been global, but I do have an address and a home and a family in New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. My mom was born in Chicago, actually. We have a lot of family out that way. And uh, every now and again, we get out there for a family reunion, but it's been a while. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But importantly, as importantly, not as, as importantly as the book, but close, is who do you root for then? If you're Jersey, are you, are you an Eagles fan or are you a Giants fan? My, my wife is an Eagles fan. All right. I like your wife. She's great. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not aligned. <laughs> really, I'm not aligned. Yes. Okay. Now that sounds like it could mean any other, not just New York. It sounds like it could be a a Texas team. Is that right? No, I, I'm oh. just. I'm not. I'm not committed to any team. Oh, okay. I've done. I've done chapel service <laughs> for teams that have visited New Jersey and played against the Giants and. I usually have to keep that quite private. Of course, of course. I don't want New Jersey people to think I'm praying for the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. well. I know you have a history. Didn't your Didn't your boys play uh, hoops and win a state championship at one point? Oh yeah, my boys played for South Brunswick High School and state champs uh, many years ago, and I, I was thrilled to um, attend their basketball games. I don't think I missed more than two games in, hmm. in seven years. Yeah. That's so much fun. We have we had a couple of sons who played, uh, and all of our kids have played uh, sports in some capacity, just to show, so just to watch fun. them grow and develop. Yeah, absolutely. So much. It's the best thing in life. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. How can people pray yeah. for you? We'll wrap up our time, but how can people pray for you? Just pray. I'm, I'm retiring from my pastoral ministry in November of 2020. Okay. Uh, I've been at this church for 30 years. Uh, next next November, I've been in ordained ministry for 44 years. Next year will be 45. Wow. And so the prayer that I need is that God would give me wisdom and certainty in my transition. I'm not retiring from life. I'm just retiring from this particular position. And uh, what I do next, um, I've got numerous options and numerous offers. What I do next will probably be the last significant project of my life, and I want to make sure that that people who do pray for me pray that I'll be exactly where God wants me to be. Amen. That's a great prayer. Well, thank you for taking time, and That's hopefully fair. we can have you on again sometime. God bless you today. Anytime. All right. God bless you. Thank B- you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Buster Stories uh, in the book again, Say Yes When Life Says No. Congratulations to Carmen in Sewell, New Jersey, Anthony in Yaden, and uh, Regina, uh, Regina, I should say, in Gilbertsville. Just drew Regina's name out to win a copy of the book. Thanks for entering. We appreciate that. And uh, a quick thank you to my mom, who would have been 89 today. Very grateful for her life and especially pointing me to the Lord. And she's a great cook and a great friend. Jim Maxim's up next. Lead us in prayer. Have a great night. See you.
Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.